Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder from the Apple. Let's jump right in, shall we? Uh, not a terrible weekend. Certainly not one without its fair share of excitement. So uh, let's go ahead and recap. Friday was more the same for the Mets. Uh, terrific pitching, absolutely no offense in a 2-1 loss to the Phillies to start the weekend in a, at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, did you know from Saturday last week through Friday, five games because the Mets had <clears throat> two off games, this team scored just seven runs. You know, folks were calling for uh, Chili Davis's job, and it's not totally without cause. Excuse me, I got to take a sip of water. Aside from uh, a couple of very high times throughout the weekend, mostly um, the runners with scoring and position issues that have plagued this team over the first month of the season stuck around. Um, you know, the seat could get hot if the issues continue, but I, I wouldn't be so quick to to jump on that, especially not with the uh, <laughs> the new staff additions this weekend. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, on Friday, Marcus Stroman continued his strong start. I uh, Worked five very crisp innings, finishing on just 64 pitches. Mixed up his entire arsenal, as he always does. He struck out eight. He walked just one. Left the game with a tight right hamstring. Of course, for a few minutes, uh, pretty much through the end of the game, uh, sent intense fear and anxiety through most of the fan base. But he told the Mets media car after the game, uh, he expects to be ready for his next start on Wednesday in St. Louis. Uh, with Jacob DeGrom being pushed back a day from Monday to Tuesday, uh, that hopefully will give Stroman all the time he needs to get right. And, you know, the, even if he has to miss a start, um, you know, this group's been terrific and whatever gets him back healthy faster. It's the best. Uh, that's going to be the best course of action. Stroman's been a very important part of the Mets rotation. We've talked about it a bunch. It's pitched to a 1.86 ERA over his first five starts. He's, he's really embracing the number two spot behind Jake. You know, you throw in the absences of Carlos Carrasco and Noah Syndergaard, and, you know, he's really been a godsend. We talked, we, we've talked a bunch here about, you know, internal competition and how it brings out the best of everyone. You know, we've arguably seen this phenomenon take place with this group already, and, and Stroman's kind of been the glue. Uh, Taiwan Walker, who had an uneven start on Saturday, but no harm, no fouls, the Mets won. Uh, David Peterson, more on him in a second. They've both been, you know, just as integral. And once the coffers are full, as far as in the rotation, you know, watch out. When you're pushing Taiwan Walker back to the number five spot, it's a, uh, you know, it's a luxury. And uh, hopefully this uh, trajectory continues. But back to Friday. Uh, despite no offense whatsoever, there were some fireworks. Uh, down two to one in the top of the eighth. McNeil started off the inning. He got hit by a pitch by Jose Alvarado who, as you all remember, uh, kind of buzzed Michael Conforto a few weeks ago at City Field and hit him with a pitch in the following uh, – in the same at bat. Uh, drew the ire of the Mets bench, most notably Tom Smith. Uh, McNeil advanced to second on Pete Alonzo's sack fly. Mets appeared to be heading toward another half inning of leaving guys stranded and, and running in scoring position. They left 10 on base on Friday, which was just absolutely pitiful. Um, you know, Alvarado issued J.D. Davis a, an intentional walk with two outs to put the force in play at third. Uh, his wild pitch moved both runners into scoring position for Dom Smith. And, of course, <clears throat> as we said, he was one of the more uh, vociferous voices of displeasure during uh, the last dust-up between these two teams. So, you know, it's a big at-bat. It's late in the game. It's a close game. Um, 
you know, he attacked Smith with a steady diet of really heavy break sinkers. Stackhouse had him at 12 to 19 inches through the, uh, through the at bat of vertical drop. Uh, that's just ridiculous. Um, you know, he struck out swinging at a two seamer, very low in the zone. Dom really, you know, he looked a little shaky at the plate this season. His numbers still reflect that, but I mean, even after Sunday, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, it looks like he's coming out of it. That's a, a plus. Uh, well, so walking back to the dugout after he struck out, Smith's attention was drawn back towards the field and kind of off, off we went. Uh, there was some joying mostly on Alvarado's part, which is just silly considering he got the out that he needed. Uh, that led to benches emptying and the chest being puffed out a bit. You know, cooler heads prevailed, but in the bottom half of the frame, Miguel Castro apparently came in a little too tight for Reese Hoskins' comfort, who we saw a lot of his crying and freaking whining over the weekend. We'll talk about that some more. Uh, so he came in a little too tight for his comfort. And um, during his uh, his walk down to first after his base on balls, he felt the need to start crowing at Castro. Uh, you know, the crying fills, man. They're back. I said it for the Apple on Saturday. You know, I get the passion. And Hoskins, um, you know, it, I should say it again. I get the I get the passion, but Hoskins had no business running his mouth. The ball didn't hit him. It wasn't all that close to begin with. Take your base and pipe down. You know, you're leading the league in strikeouts and homers. You're you're Mark Reynolds. Go sit down. You know, the rivalry's back, no question. The um the intensity and the energy is 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 at a 10. How Sunday ended even it only adds to that. So, you know, keep an eye on this stuff. Um on Sunday. Miguel Castro and Dom Smith were both fined for their involvement in the uh, in the proceedings on Saturday, on Friday. Um, Alvarado was suspended for three games, but he's going to appeal his suspension, which is why he was in the game on on Saturday. Which you know we'll talk about that in a second too. But just really, absolutely so weak to to find Dom uh, even Castro in the situation. Um, he didn't come that close to hitting Hoskins, but you know who could blame Tom? Who could blame Dom for? Turning back around as Alvarado is just yapping and yapping, pointing at his head, um, pretty much you know challenging to come out to, to to come fight him. You know, as Ronnie Darling said on the SNY broadcast, and oh man, was he incensed and it was amazing. It would have been tough to blame Dom if things escalated there, but uh, I think Dom encapsulated his stance perfectly after the game. Uh, this is a quote: "I'm a grown ass man. I don't take none of that shit." And that's just you know fired the whole fan base up at once. But he also invited Alvarado to discuss things further in the tunnel on Saturday if he was so inclined, which by all accounts was an invitation that was declined. But, uh, you know, the, the the blood is still hot. You can feel it. Um, you know, you can hear it in the stands. The, the crowd on Sunday was a little fired up. You know, it's good stuff. So as for Castro, I hope Steve Cohen kind of grabs that bill once it lands in the mailbox at a 41 Seaverway and takes care of it because, you know, all he's doing is sticking up for his teammates. Shit. I got $5 on a, uh, on a GoFundMe to cover that. So, yeah, the Mets went down on Friday, but uh, not without a fight. Well, almost with a fight. But anyway, <laughs> uh, that energy spilled over to Saturday. The Mets showed signs of life early. They put up four runs on the board in the first. They had a parade of base runners. But <laughs> there may have been another source to that spark, though. Uh, again, we, we heard a little bit about Donnie Stevenson this weekend. We're going to talk about him a little bit more in a second. So in the first, Lindor started things off with a hit-by-pitch on the foot, which if you're in a slump, you take that base and you're happy with it. Uh, Jeff McNeil, who was in the two-hole, he went down 0-2 uh, to Zach Wheeler, who's been pitching really, really well 
for uh, for the Phillies. Um, toughened up, came back in the count, drew a walk. Pete Alonso just smoked a ground rule double. Uh, Michael Conforto hit a single. Well, it was a double, but it was a single. <laughs> it uh, it scooted underneath Andrew McCutcheon's glove in left, uh, turning a one base hit into a two base hit. Uh, J.D. Davis and Dom Smith single two, and you know they kind of slugged the Mets out of their three game funk. Not without you know their their hiccups along the way. Uh, the Mets didn't score another run on Saturday until the top of the ninth on Conforto's extremely clutch. Go ahead, solo home run to put the team ahead 5-4. Uh, Edwin Diaz closed the door. Um, you know, all's well that ends well. But, you know, Taiwan Walker, who started on Saturday, he went six innings, you know, pitched well, a little uneven. Um, his lead, before again, a 4 nothing lead early is a really nice luxury for a starting pitcher. But his lead evaporated on Alec Bones, opposite field, two-run blast in the sixth. And the uh, – the Mets lost, you know, to add injury to insult, they lost uh, Davis and Brand- uh, J.D. Davis and Brandon Nimmo, two of their hottest hitters this season, uh, in the seventh to separate hand injuries. So uh, they're both day to day. I guess everyone's kind of waiting, seeing how they respond. Um, not ideal, considering your most versatile bench player in Luis Guillorme hit the I.L. on Saturday with his own uh, oblique issue. It didn't seem like Guillermo was too keen on hitting the IL for the first time in his career. But, uh, hey, the same thing with Stroman. Whatever gets you back healthy, um, <laughs> you have to imagine the Mets, you know, when it rains, it pours. But, they, you know, they, they got to just chalk it up, next man up mentality, and get it done. So, uh, oh, and there were a few highlights off the field on Saturday, too. Each and every time the Mets got a hit or scored a run, the Phillies TV crew, who, of course, handles the video for the SNY feed while the Mets are on the road, they panned right to Jose Alvarado, and he's just mean-mugging in the Phillies bullpen. He's absolutely stewing. We, we just we love to see it. Um, and it, to top that off, Don went two for four on Saturday to kind of stick that in his craw, which is also quite enjoyable. In any case, you know, the shorthanded Mets stuck it out. They got the job done. Uh, between the bullpen, who's been terrific recently, 2.55 ERA, 11.5 strikeouts per nine over the last two weeks heading into Sunday. Um, and between that and Conforto's heroics, you know, the group was up and jumping once again. Again, we love to see that. And whether it was the, the fracas on Friday that got everybody going or the appearance of the now-fabled uh, Mets uh, approach coach, Donnie Stevenson, ahead of the game on Saturday that did the trick, you know, this group is enlivened, and that's a, a welcome, welcome development. And whatever or whoever Donnie Stevenson is, you know, if it's getting this team to come together and out of the doldrums, we'll take it. Uh, as we've said, aside from a couple of guys, the Mets offense has mostly been struggling. If they need, you know, a player in a costume or whatever, whoever this Donnie is, to uh, to get him going, hey, get him going. Um I guess it is a bit concerning that <laughs> Chili Davis might not be the one getting him going, but we don't know what happens behind closed doors. I think it's unfair to kind of uh, presume that that's the case. Who knows? Maybe it's Chili Davis in a costume getting these guys fired up, which would be amazing. Again, we'll, we'll probably never find out, but, uh, you know, guys have been struggling. And by the way, I'm still wholly unconcerned by Francisco Lindor's slow start. Uh, he's beginning to hit the ball hard. It's just a matter of time. And, and really, that's the, bottom, that's the bottom line in general. Uh, it's only a matter of time before this group collectively hits their stride. You know, Lindor finding his stroke would certainly move that process along. 
he's just such a fiery player. We feel the energy just watching the team. Um, I couldn't imagine the vibes in the clubhouse, but, you know, the pressure and the pressing at the plate that we've seen from this group, it's beginning to fade. Um, between Saturday and then again on Sunday late in the game, um, you know, the wheels, they're, they're turning. And against the Phillies on Sunday night on the national stage, um, you know, it was it was a time for the Mets to, to come alive and make a statement. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsors. Uh, we'll get into Sunday's festivities. So um, hang tight. And welcome back. Let's jump right into Sunday night. First off, Alex Rodriguez is absolutely unbearable in the ESPN booth. It's like nails on a chalkboard. Um, friend of the pod, Mike Petriello of MLB. Please, sir, if you could uh, request your bosses at ESPN to add a, a StatCast broadcast every Sunday night, especially so when the Mets are on the docket, uh, greatly appreciated, my friend. And hope to have you back on the show soon. So during the game, um, I spoke with Mama Ryder, who, of course, huge Mets fan. She casually informed me that the one guy, Matt Vestigurgian, doesn't know anything uh, A-Rod thinks he knows everything, and she was just thoroughly not enjoying the game. Uh, I, of course, told her to, to sync up uh, with uh, WCBS 880 AM with Howie and Wayne. Uh, all she did was turn off the TV and turn on the radio because she wasn't getting into that whole puzzle. But, you know, yes, my mom is awesome. She's also a regular listener. Hi, Mom. So heading into Sunday, uh, a couple of guys who were supposed to lead the way this season for the Mets were starting to come around. Like we just said, the rest of the offense has mostly been a non-factor, but, uh, you know, long season time for that to come around. So heading into Sunday, Pete Alonzo, over his last 45 plate appearances, sitting 300, 378, 550. Michael Conforto, over his last 44 plate appearances, 282, 364, 564. You know, again, these are the guys who were supposed to be able to be leaned on. Uh, we talked about Lindor. He's heading into Sunday again. He was seven for his last 44. Dom Smith heading into Sunday was seven for his last 41. McNeil, four for 29. McCann, James McCann, five for 32 over the same span. Um, you know, not ideal to have it all happening at the same time. Uh, but once everybody clicks, you know, this, this team's going to, it's going to show a different dynamic. And um, if the offense can catch up to the pitching, you know, this is a juggernaut. Uh, J.D. Davis and Brandon Nimmo, who have been great at the plate. Uh, Nimmo slowed with his hip injury last week, but both of, uh, but with both on the shelf Sunday, it was kind of up to, you know, Scooter and, and Alonzo and the rest of the gang to pick up the slack. Um, Philly's right-hander Zach Eflin entered Sunday with a 5.21 ERA over 11 career starts versus New York, uh, including six homers in 89 plate appearances versus the Mets in 2019. Last full season, of course. You know, if this was the guy to keep that momentum up against, you know, I, I, if he's not the guy, I'm not sure who that person is. But it didn't, you know, it didn't happen for the most part. Um, Eflin was was effective. Uh, you know, he, he got his job done. You know, you have to just hope that there's more to the spark. You know, we saw it later in the game. But uh, David Peterson took the hill on, on Sunday. Um, didn't start off great, allowed a leadoff homer to Andrew McCutcheon, followed by a walk to Hoskins, a single to Harper. Um, but he struck out JT Realmuto, who's back in the lineup on Sunday, and got out of the jam with a, a, a just a gorgeous inning-ending 4-6-3 double playoff the bat of Alec Bohm to, uh, to escape that one. Just really, really nice work. Um, Dom Smith, who, again, we just talked about, he's had a, 
a rough go lately. He um, smoked a double over Andrew McCutcheon's head in left field to lead off the second. Uh, Kevin Pillar, who's been just as putrid at the plate, uh, singled into center field. But, uh, you know, Dom chugging around third, he was caught dead to rights on a really, really nice throw from Roman Quinn in center field. And uh, JT Romulo's, I guess, the way he received the ball and he took it and then slid across Dom Smith's path, which will never be called for obstruction. Um, but it just a, a savvy play. And that's where the compliments end, though. Um, what I did not like at all was Real Mato, uh, Real Muto popping up and he, he hit Dom in the face with his glove on the way up after he after he tagged him out. Some folks on Twitter were saying that it wasn't intentional. Uh, that's horseshit. Uh, you could look on my feed for the clipped video. Uh, to my eyes, that was unquestionably intentional. Uh, this stuff's going to come to a head sooner or later. This team plays each other, I think, 10 more times this season. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out for that. But, you know, the Mets came away empty-handed in the second. Uh, Peterson struck out the side in the bottom half. And, and the tone kind of changed, at least for a little bit. Uh, in the third, McNeil doubled with one out. Conforto drove him home with a 108-mile-an-hour rocket into right field to tie the game at one. And uh, before you knew it, the energy was back. And, guys, Conforto's resurgence, which over his last two weeks, like we said, he's been on fire, or just at least he's been the Conforto that we know. Um, his resurgence isn't some new development. You know, as we said above, he's been back for a while now. Uh, doing his thing with elite consistency, as we've seen him do in the past, it's only going to carry this team further. It just needs to get everyone else going uh, or everyone else needs to get going, I should say. Um, and, then, you know, uh, inches and, and, and baby steps, but it's, it really does feel like they're getting there. But uh, Peterson struck out two more to start the third. He kept his ball rolling, um, allowed a base hit to Hoskins and walked Harper, found himself in a little bit of two-out trouble. But, you know, no worries. He popped out Real Muto, extinguished the threat, and – um you know, this has kind of been his M.O. this year. The guile and the level-headedness that Peterson's shown, you know, it's been really encouraging. And again, I was dead wrong on this. I never thought he'd adapt so quickly to seeing, um, you know, a, a different selection of teams once the league had a book on him. Um, I really, I, I, it's still early, but wow, he's been a, a, just a, a stud, an absolute stud. He's been terrific. I think he's got his ERA down to 4.81, which early in the year, that was up through the roof. So um, just really all, all good things there. Uh, Jonathan VR was left stranded. Jonathan VR was, of course, starting at third base with Davis out. Um, <laughs> that's bound to happen. I guess, you know, he gets on base and, you know, under these shorthanded circumstances, what can you do? But maybe, I guess, sprinkle some of the high-end bats throughout the batting order. But, you know, what do I know? Uh Peterson worked scorelessly through the fourth and fifth. He brought his strikeout total up to eight on the night, uh, left the game for a pinch hitter in the sixth, and the Mets had things cooking on the base paths. Albert Almora came in to hit for him. He struck out, but um, the Mets did a little damage. Dom added his second double of the night to kick off the inning, moved to third on Pilar's second hit of the night. VR struck out on three pitches all outside of the strike zone, just an ugly, ugly at bat. Uh, but McCann shot one back toward the mound. Eflin bobbled it through wide of second, allowed Dom to score, put the Mets ahead two to one. Two quick things. One, Jonathan VR, I feel like he can't be a regular option once the roster's whole again. Um, is he a solid bench cog? Yeah, of course. But in my opinion, he's got to be behind Luis Guillorme on the depth chart. I don't know what 
this organization, what their beef is with Luis Guillorme. But, um, you know, especially if, if JD is going to be out for any extended period of time and, and your Guillorme is back before JD is back in action, I think, QRA's earned that everyday spot, but I didn't want to get off topic. This wasn't about it. This is kind of about VR. You know, as we've said in the past, the last time he's played third base regularly, which was 2016, he registered negative 10 outs above average, at the, or outs below average, I guess you could say, at the position. You know, he's looked okay so far in limited time there this season, but, you know, especially with the ground ball pitchers that the Mets have, the left-handers that they have in their rotation, um, do you kind of want a strong glove at third and Davis and VR aren't, they're not that guy. So um, I hope you only gets a fair shot. Uh, second point there is as far as McCann's little dribbler that, you know, scored a run, a hot shot back to the pitcher that results in a late lead in the game. That's something to build off of. McCann's had, he struggled this year and, you know, his bat was always a little bit suspect. He had a really nice 2019, uh, picked up his defensive play in 2020 and that's certainly carried over. He's been terrific behind the plate. Um, you, you know, he, he had a hit late in the game, and that's that's always nice to see. You just got to hope that he, he picks it up offensively. Um, Mc, Jeff McNeil's ground ball to Nick Maton, uh, Nick Maton, <laughs> sorry, at uh, at second gave McCann just enough time to scoot into uh, second base safely. Replay confirmed that, and it, it left Francisco Lindor, who again has been really, really. Um, struggling in a high leverage bases loaded opportunity at a time when him and the Mets kind of needed it the most. It could have blown the game open. Unfortunately, no dice on that front. He flew out to right to end the frame, but uh, the, fr- the frustration is mounting. You can see it. I believe after that plate appearance, he was, you know, visibly upset. And, you know, I think a lot of people are, but uh, we've all seen the type of player that Francisco Lindor is. He's going to be fine. Um, I believe on the uh, on the ESPN broadcast, someone was saying that Alex Rodriguez said he's he's swinging lazily, which I don't know what the hell that means. But um, he also said later in the game or early in the game when I had it on still uh, that he was um, he thought that by mid-May we're, we're going to see the Lindor that we're used to seeing. So, you know, I'll take that for what it's worth. But, you know, as Alex Rodriguez has shown, he's just fucking blowing snot out of his fucking mouth all night on that mic. But anyway, I'm getting off topic here. Um, Miguel Castro, he's been outstanding this so far this year. He finally cracked in the bottom half of that frame. Um, Bryce Harper reached on an error, um, a Castro error. Alec Bohm singled. And Didi Gregorius uh, took a, you know, a hanging slider right down Broadway into the second deck in right field, put Philly ahead four to two. And, you know, <sighs> Those old familiar feelings all came rushing back. Uh, Jojo Romero, who's been struggling so far this year and hasn't really been effective against the Mets in the past, facing the heart of the Mets batting order in Conforto, Alonzo, and Dom in the seventh. You know, that should have been just what the doctor ordered. It, it wasn't. And the Mets went down in order. And um, again, <laughs> you know, nine men left on base through the first six innings wasn't ideal. The heart of the batting order going down without a whimper in the seventh, that's not going to play. We could all see where this was heading. And big question, where the fuck is Donnie Stevenson at at this point? But, uh, you know, got to give it time, I guess. Jacob Barnes came out, worked a perfect seventh, very encouraging. Gave the Mets kind of a breath of life heading into the eighth. And and the Mets, for once, took that glimmer of hope and and kind of ran with it. 
Uh, Pilar took Brandon Kinsler deep to lead off the inning, his third hit of the game. Matched his previous, his previous season total. So he's had three hits this season. He had three hits up to that point in the night. Um, cut to the Phillies lead to four to three. Uh, Jonathan VR followed with a, a hustle infield hit. Uh, Jose Peraza, literally the last man on the bench right now, poked one past Hoskins at first. It sent VR speeding around third. He stopped momentarily at third base. Hoskins, like inexplicably lollygagged for a second and then lollypopped it into Mata- uh, to Maton. I can't keep on fucking up his name, Nick Maton. Uh, as soon as he did, VR took off for home. Just a, a savvy, savvy veteran move. Bonehead move on Hoskins' part. And I guess he's just playing his part there. But um, really, absolutely loved it. Tie ball game, 4 4, energy. I mean, it's all good to see. Um, Jeff McNeil swinging at the first pitch finally, notched his third hit of the game to send Peraza to third. Uh, Peraza, sorry. Brought Lindor up with uh, one out, runners on the corners. And uh, in comes our old buddy Jose Alvarado. You know, and, it, you know, he of the outlandish celebrations that we referenced in the first half of the show. Yeah, you remember him. Joe Girardi calls on him to get out of the jam. You know, all he did was come in and walk Lindor and then Conforto forcing him to go ahead and run. And, you know, he earned himself that hook. And, and I think uh, all of Mets Twitter and every Mets fan who has been keeping up with things rejoiced because, you know, that guy's, uh, you know, he's something else. We, we won't get into all that. That's none of my business. But also just very, very pleasurable to see. Um, as was Pete Alonso's bases clearing double to put the Mets ahead 8-4. And just like that, the Mets batted around. They put up a sixth spot. And, um, you know, they sent a message. Who needs bean wars and boisterous, unwarranted po- uh, posturing when, when this team has Donnie fucking Stevenson in the clubhouse, man? Um, Trevor May worked a clean eighth. He's got a 1.93 ERA in the year. He's absolutely throwing biting stuff. Um, just he's been such a, a huge signing. The same way that Strowman's been the glue in the rotation, Trevor May's been the glue in this in his bullpen. Um, Edwin Diaz came in in the ninth. Non-save situation uh, coming in for the second <laughs> second consecutive game, which we know we've seen in the past, does not really agree well with what Diaz does. And, uh, yeah, he paid for it. And, you know, uh, this is – I'm recording this immediately after the game on on Sunday, so I haven't heard anything yet as far as uh, what the word is. But So Diaz ran some trouble in the ninth, um, walked Didi Gregorius to start the inning. You should have known right there. That's not good. Uh, Roman Quinn tripled, so scored Gregorius, make it 8-5. to five. Uh, Matt Joyce drew another walk. And then uh, Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins comes up. Hits an absolute rocket. Opposite field, just blast. Uh, Umpires call it a home run. It looked like it bounced off a seat and came back into the field of play. Uh, Upon further review, it actually hit the railing. Um, Was not a home run. Reese Hoskins, you know, you know, you just saw the video. You know you didn't hit a home run. When it's the call was overturned, he throws this fucking hissy fit. Oh, F you, F you, F. He's pointing and yelling out into the field. Dude, we all saw you didn't hit a home run. What are you screaming? Everything this guy does over this, this whole weekend. Like, you know, I'm not going to lie. I liked what Reese Hoskins was doing a couple of weeks ago. He's got off to a nice start. I know he's had some real trouble in Philly. 
in three days, I've gone from being like an outside looking in fan of this guy to just give it a fucking rest, bro. Stop it. So, you know, instead of a, a, a game tying home run in the bottom of the ninth, yeah, sure. Now you're down 8-7 and Bryce Harper's up. And Bryce Harper, he's swinging the bat and he does not look comfortable. Um, you guys all saw it. He got hit in the face with a pitch last week. But the ricochet of the ball off his face hit his wrist. That's bothering him. And, again, he did not look very comfortable to play. This was his first game out back on Sunday. Uh, Jerry Familia came in, got him to uh, to strike out swinging and closed it out 8-7. to But, you know, we said it earlier, all's well that ends well. But, man, that got scary fast. And you really got to hope that that Diaz isn't dealing with uh, with anything serious here. I mean, um, after Hoskins' home run, uh, Mets trainer Brian Chitlow came out and uh, they brought him back in the dugout. As I said, Familia came in, actually looked really good against, against Harper. He should have struck him out on the, I guess, two pitches before he did strike him out. But, um once again, these umpires this year have just been awful. And, uh, yeah, you know, hope, thankfully nothing happened because he should have been called out. Even A-Rod was saying, you know, that's the end of the game right there. But, you know, uh, it, it ended well, so we'll take it. But, you know, um, all in all, the Mets head to St. Louis in first place in the NL East with games in hand. That's not too shabby considering all the adversity this team has faced this year self-inflicted or otherwise, uh, you know, long live Donnie. We'll see you all on Friday. You know where to find us. Keep it locked to the Apple. Um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave rating, uh, leave reviews, rate, all that good stuff. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time. Let's go Mets. Let's go!